Nitrogen is one of the main nutrients that all plants require and it can be one of the more baffling elements of getting your garden soil nice and fertile to really understand how these nutrients work. So why don't we take a look at nitrogen today and work out how we can provide everything that our plants need in that regard without having to go buying commercial fertilizers. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 70 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. As promised, today is going to be the first part in our series of shows dealing with different nutrients within the soil. So if you're anything like me, when you're first getting started or even a little bit beyond that, it took me quite a while to really get to grips with all the different nutrients that make up the vital elements of the soil for our garden and it's something that I kind of put off having to deal with and look at because it just seemed a bit intimidating. I'm hopefully going to demystify that a little bit for you today at least with regard to nitrogen and over the coming weeks we're going to be ticking off one after another of these elements of nutrients that our plants need so that you feel much more comfortable and confident dealing with them. As I say when I was first starting out it just it was just a bit of a minefield for me. It seemed a bit like this barrier that I just couldn't penetrate. I knew that I needed to keep adding organic matter to my soil but whenever I listened to a podcast or read a book and they started talking about nitrates and ammonia levels and things like that I kind of switched off because I felt that it was a bit like witchery there was a there were two different types of people in this world there were the gardeners that were comfortable talking about things like nitrogen and the gardeners that were not and I fell very firmly into the latter category now if that describes yourself then fear not dear listener because I will be rectifying that today, I hope. So, nitrogen then. First thing to say is it actually makes up four-fifths of our atmosphere. It's everywhere. So, there is an abundance of it. It's not that it's something that exists very sparsely or rarely, but what the problem can be is that the plants can't actually access the nitrogen in the atmosphere on their own they're going to need some help now they access the nitrogen once it's in the soil and once if you've introduced it through organic matter say once that organic matter has broken down and released its nutrients into the soil that's when the plants can access it now every plant needs some amount of nitrogen so there aren't any plants that don't need nitrogen that's the first thing to say. But 
some plants need it a lot more than others and some plants can create their own and when I say create their own I mean convert it from the nitrogen that's in the atmosphere and others cannot. Leaves and stems of plants are the parts of plants that actually need the most nitrogen so it follows that our crops that are grown specifically for our leaves, things like cabbages and Brussels sprouts, uh, lettuce, anything like that, they're going to need a lot more nitrogen than the other plants that we might grow for perhaps their roots or their stalks. So asparagus, rhubarb, celery, things like that aren't going to need quite as much as our spinach. Plants grown for their seeds or their fruits and things like that are also not going to need as much. And some of these, along with some of our root vegetables, are actually going to give poorer results if there is too much nitrogen in the ground. Things like carrots and beetroot, they're going to really do well above ground. They're going to grow this amazing lush foliage and they're going to put on lots and lots of green above ground growth but down in the ground the roots aren't going to be doing nearly as well and when we come to harvest them they're going to be all twisted and small compared to what you would expect if you just looked at the vigor of the above ground plant if there's too much nitrogen so it's important to know obviously which plants need nitrogen and which plants need how much and I addressed on the last episode how we might identify a nitrate excuse me a nitrogen deficiency I'll just quickly go over that again now generally a nitrogen deficiency would show itself by plants exhibiting stems and leaves that are yellowish and a bit pallid compared to what you might expect much less bright green and the growth is going to be slower and maybe stunted also earlier on in the season than you might expect leaves are going to start drying up and in a lot of plants this will start with a browning of the leaves towards the bottom and spread up through the plants before you would expect them to start withering so if you're seeing those symptoms then that's a fairly good sign that it is a nitrogen deficiency that you're dealing with. Now as I said before all plants need nitrogen however there are one category of plants that don't need our help to get it and that would be the legumes so we're talking about peas and beans things like that they're going to actually be able to create nitrogen in the soil And they do this by forming a symbiotic relationship with some rhizobium bacteria. They actually use this symbiotic relationship to gather nitrogen that's in the air and fix it into the soil. I'm going to explain a little bit about how that works and how we can use that to our advantage. So what happens is these rhizobium bacteria, they inhabit the legume's roots. And when they do so, they form a symbiotic relationship and the bacteria form nodules on the roots and convert nitrogen gas into nitrogen that the plant can use in the soil. So by doing this, the plants actually build up quite a high level of nitrogen within them. 
And this is going to be your beans, your peas, other pulses. And which is why we always talk about using legumes in your crop rotation. It's really quite important. And it's a great way of naturally building up the resource of nitrogen in the soil that other plants can then access the following season. So those are nitrogen fixing plants. And then all your other plants are going to be effectively taking nitrogen out of the soil. So it's all part of the nitrogen cycle, which when you're at school, we all learnt the water cycle and the nitrogen cycle works on similar principles. So one of the ways that we can naturally get additional nitrogen into our soil is by using legumes. You can now support the show directly. Just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible. So if we see that we have a nitrogen deficiency somewhere, what can we do about it? How can we introduce more nitrogen into our soil that our plants can take up? Where does this nitrogen come from? Well, we, we know that the nitrogen comes basically from the atmosphere. There's an abundance of it. So it's not a resource that is sparse or scarce, but getting it where we want it is the trick. Something I found super interesting actually while I was doing some research for this episode, I found out that some nitrates, and it's actually quite a huge amount, 12 kilograms per hectare apparently, are formed by lightning flashes. So when there is a lightning storm, the nitrogen and oxygen that are naturally in the air are kind of united by the lightning flash itself, by the electrical flash and a dilute solution of nitric acid actually rains down in the rain during thunderstorms. So I found that extremely interesting, but there's not a lot we can do about that unless you happen to be Thor, I suppose, the god of thunder, then perhaps you can use this to feed your plants. But for the rest of us mere mortals, we have to use some other methods the first of which is one I've already mentioned, and that would be legumes. So using legumes, which are peas and beans and other pulses that can fix nitrogen into the soil as part of our crop rotation is going to be our very best tool. Not only does it give us a harvestable crop in the form of the beans or whatever it is we're actually harvesting, but it's going to leave behind additional nitrogen in the soil. Now, one thing to bear in mind is as part of this nitrogen cycle, all the nitrogen that gets deposited into the ground in a soluble form, in a form that our plants can take up, it then becomes also available to some other bacteria that are going to denitrify the soil. So it's a constant cycle of introducing nitrogen and it being recycled back into the air, back into gas. So there are other bacteria that are going to denitrify it and turn it back into gas all the time. So 
The idea of legumes and why they work so well is because the actual roots of the plant, the dead roots that you leave in the ground, they effectively work like nitrogen batteries. They're going to have these nodules that help the roots to build up this mass of nitrogen, which is then going to leach out over a slow period of time. So it's like a slow release fertilizer. And one of the reasons that's so effective is because it's not going to be something that you immediately add to your soil and then as soon as you've added it, it is available for denitrification by these other bacteria. It's going to be something that leaches out nice and slowly and is always going to be available. Another thing to bear in mind to really get the most out of using this system is if you're going to accompany it with a no-dig system, as I'm a huge proponent of and champion a lot on this show, then what's going to happen is you're going to be using a gardening system that has got a really healthy microbiome, if you like. It's got a really healthy soil food web. So it's going to have these beautiful large networks of undisturbed mycorrhizal fungi that are going to be able to tap into that root that is now decaying and it's going to be able to effectively take those nitrates where there is an abundance and where they're not required anymore and it's going to be able to deliver them to the places that it is required. So that's why if you're using a no-dig system like I am I think legumes are the very best way of keeping your nitrogen levels up. If you use them as part of your regular crop rotation so that every third year for example you're planting beans in any particular bed or peas then that I think is going to solve a great number of your potential nitrogen problems but that's not the only way that we can add nitrogen also manures are a good source of nitrogen uh, along with all other organic matter so it comes back to compost again now Manures are going to be very variable in the amount of nitrogen in them. Chicken manure has got lots and lots of nitrogen in it, for example. Some other manures less so. But if you're adding lots of chicken manure to your compost pile, then your compost that you're adding to your bed is going to be a fantastic source of nitrogen. So any organic matter that you're adding is going to be increasing the nitrogen in your bed for your plants to use. So it comes back again to some really basic first principles of just adding organic matter and using your bedding from your animals, using your crops that you're not actually harvesting, the rest of the plant that's gonna die back, using them and recycling that back into your system in the form of compost, this first principle idea of closed loop systems is going to save you an awful lot of headache with having to diagnose and then treat for a lot of the nutrient problems that we're talking about. So when we're talking about organic matter and breaking down the plants that have died on your land through composting, this can also be done with animals. Any animals that have died on the land are another main natural source of nitrogen. So there's lots of groups of bacteria that will break down the uh, complex nitrogen compounds and cells that make up 
the animals. And this can also be said for parts of animals. If you're butchering your own animals and you have lots of offal that you might not be using, or if you have a poorly animal, a chicken perhaps that has died from some kind of disease that you can't diagnose and isn't going to enter the food chain, then this can also be composted down and give up the nutrients that are contained within its cells back into the recycling system that we're using of composting and then going back into the ground. So it's a great way of not wasting those animals. You can also use this for pests depending on your form of pest control. You can find Self-Sufficient Hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places. We have a YouTube channel, we also have our website and now there's our Facebook page and Facebook group. Links to all of these you can find in the show notes. Come check us out. So let's assume that we're doing all these good practices, we're composting, we're adding organic matter, we're using legumes. Where is our nitrogen actually going? Why is it we need to keep adding it into the soil? So what is happening to cause the nitrogen loss? Well, there's a couple of things that fall into two or three different categories. And the first one is just water runoff and the leaching of nitrates through water. Now this can happen below ground. It doesn't have to be above ground, but it can also happen above ground. If you've got literally water running through your bed, then that's going to leach off some of the nitrogen. But also below ground, nitrogen can leak down through your bed and into the water table lower down. Another reason for water to cause loss of nitrogen is if your bed is waterlogged for two or three days or more, that can cause denitrification as well. So things that we can do to avoid these problems, again, comes back to other first principles. And it's about building your overall soil quality. And that is by adding lots of hummus. Hummus is what is left when your organic matter that you've added to your vegetable bed, be it compost or mulch or whatever, when that's given up all its nutrients and rotted down, the nutrients become available in the soil, but what's left, the physical form that's left, is called hummus. And increasing the amount of hummus is going to increase your ground's ability to deal with fluctuating rainwater. It's going to allow it to stay moister during the drier periods, but it's also going to allow it to do away with being waterlogged that little bit easier than it might otherwise be if you've got a clay soil. So general good soil practice is what it all comes down to when it comes to managing the water levels and the denitrification that can come with that. Another way that nitrogen is removed from our soil is cropping and what we do to remove our crops from the ground. That's going to be another big source of nitrogen removal. However, let's try and just put that into context for a moment. So if we imagine, we were talking before about leafy greens being one of the main feeders on nitrogen because that's where the nitrogen is required the most. So if we take something like cabbages or lettuce, and if we take about two kilograms of cabbage or a similar plant out of our vegetable patch, we're only actually removing less than 10 grams of nitrogen. So it's not as much as you might think. 
when we add into account everything else, all the denitrification and the other nutrients that might get leached away by the rain, let's say we're gonna lose 20 grams of nitrogen for each of those two kilogram harvests that we do. Well, that 10 grams of nitrogen is actually replaced by as little as just one bucket of compost. So it's not a tremendous amount. So again, I know I keep saying it, I keep coming back to it, but these first principles of just good soil husbandry of increasing the amount of organic matter and using everything we're already doing, using crop rotation and everything else, we're going to be adding as much nitrogen as we need in the soil. Now, if you are in desperate need of nitrogen, if you're spotting a deficiency and we really do need to act on that, then my biggest recommendation would be to add some chicken manure, preferably well rotted, but some chicken manure doesn't have to, if it's not well rotted, you can still use that to get nitrogen down in your soil. What I would suggest you did is you placed some between your rows or to the side of your plants, just on the top of the surface and allow the rainwater to pull some of that nitrogen down into the soil. You can also use other plants that hold nitrogen and you can use things like comfrey and stinging nettles that have lots and lots of nutrients build up within them and you can use the just the green parts of those plants to add nitrogen to your compost pile and the more that we do to increase the nitrogen in our compost pile then of course the more we're doing to increase the nitrogen in our soil so it's a fairly simple process once you're on top of it it's actually quite simple to keep that cycle going without having to think too hard about it. It's just a case of doing all the first principles simply and correctly and, you know, consistently. So we want to work towards a system that provides nutrients, but hummus too. And that, again, comes back to organic matter. More of it, the better. It's really easy for you to get in touch with us. You can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. If you find this podcast valuable there's several ways you can support it the easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts you could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online including your social media pages and now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub however you support the podcast we really appreciate it thank you for listening see you soon So that wraps us up for today and next Monday we will be doing part two and we'll be talking all about phosphorus which is the second of the big three phosphates that are the key numbers that are listed on packets of fertilizer that you might buy 
if you find yourself doing such a thing. So that will be next Monday's episode and I will speak to you on Wednesday.